Okay, welcome to the latest episode of the H-Training Podcast. Um, this is one that I've been looking to do for quite some time. Um, we offer a sales training program and it's something that we're kind of refocused on more so in the last few years. There tends to be a big demand for what we do in terms of coaching and leadership development. And it sometimes clouds, um, I suppose, overshadows this program selling is something we're very very passionate about at h training any self-employed business owner understands um the centrality of sales to what they're trying to do um you could argue it's what makes the world go round it's what we all rely on it's um you're not going to grow your business if you haven't developed your ability to sell and to negotiate with people now and what's important, and I say this in all of my training, it's important to address early on is that there can be some very common and negative misconceptions around sales, right? And, and this is something that I do take issue with. There's a sense of selling being exploitative. There's a sense of, you know, the chancer with the knocked off watches, Dell boy from Money Fools and Horses trying to kind of um, outsmart people and trying to manipulate them to do things that they don't want to do, right? Now, it's amazing to me how many people have that um, opinion of salespeople. And I suppose it's also worth saying that, yes, it's not a complete fallacy. There are people like that out there. That's not the type of selling that we engage in at Hedge Training, right? Because that's it, unprofessional, right? That is not going to benefit your business long term because what's going to happen is you're going to get caught out right um you, you know when you mention sales a lot of people bring up the wolf of wall street martin scorsese's film and leonardo dicaprio and again that what they're committing on a grand scale in that film is fraud right it's as simple as that it's not selling right it's not it's not professional it's not sustainable right now, there's obviously a, a massive spike of success in that film, but it, it certainly does come crashing down. So getting into sales that little bit deeper, I mean, I was, I was looking really at the type of professions where these skills are relevant. And if you take something like journalism, people will say to you, but journalists don't have to sell anything. But really what a journalist has to do is they have to influence sources for stories, right? You have to find out where these sources are going to be. You have to build rapport and relationships with these sources. You have to ensure that they'll trust you and understand why you're doing what you're doing, right? Added to that, you may have to influence an editor. You have to may influence various stakeholders. You might have to confront people who don't want you to confront them, who don't want or who are aggressive, there's so much of that is called influencing and negotiating, right? And influencing and negotiating is another word for selling, right? It's just it's just repackaged and it's just a different way of looking at it. Uh, and another thing that I say a lot of the time when I'm doing this, this our sales program is I do start off with examples of how we do this in our everyday life, right? I mean... There's examples of which your spouse trying to, you know, who, who whose turn is it to go and, and have a night out or whose turn is it to mind the kids on Sunday morning and who's going to sleep in and who did such and such. And we're always kind of this, this horse trading goes on. And I suppose it's true of every relationship. I think children are a very, very interesting one in this sense. Right. I mean, my own seven year old, Zach, he can be very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
he can influence me certainly in ways, right? But his his methodology and his his little tricks for doing that are really astonishing, right? I mean, recently I think I can't remember what it was we were doing, but I when when I told him we couldn't do anything, he interrupted me and said, "But Daddy, we'll we'll have a discussion. We'll have a discussion, right? Which which is basically what he's saying is he's trying to open." you know, a, a port of communication. He's trying to kind of influence me more. He's trying to get more, more dialogue going to, to get, make sure the outcome is favorable to him. Now, he didn't do any sales training, right? He's seven years old. So what this kind of reflects is that this is something that's very innate in us, right? You could even argue that it's, it's, it's maybe linked to survival, right? It's it's an instinct. How do we overcome things? How do we how do we influence other people? How do we, I suppose, in one sense, get what we want or get where we want? Okay. Looking at these different mechanisms really, really aids us in this capacity. Now, the other thing that's so interesting in all of this is the human condition. We spend a lot of time discussing psychology. I'm I'm certainly fascinated with us as a species, right? And our we are full of contradictions, right? We are not rational instruments of objectivity, right? And we're also very prone towards, we can see this evidence at the minute, um, sensationalist, extreme dramatic um, statements, outcomes, right? We're kind of drawn towards certain things. Now, we do some work on the kind of pain-pleasure principle that kind of I suppose, comprises our basic makeup and our basic direction and the drift that we'll go in, right? Um, there's a lot of literature been written on this, like books like Nudge. Um, I mean, again, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's that's obviously um, a central one. But again, different methods and I suppose different cultures have developed since that book was written. And we're not as probably formal as we used to be now in workplaces, most of what we do is done on a first name basis. We flat structures. Even even I notice the way people dress now in workplaces, you know, the, the kind of even the open collar with the suit, even that's kind of becoming a bit too formal for some people, right? It's it's being rolled back and it's dependent on your industry. But there's so many ways to look at selling and to look at how we sell. Another part of what we do, as I mentioned earlier, is leadership, right? Leadership is about delivering a message to a team, right? A message that resonates and that they can buy into and believe in okay a colleague recently said that to me about a leader or an owner of a company a lot of the times the people in their in the company take their lead from the owner right they look at this person and they kind of they vest a faith or a lack of faith in this person and i 100 percent see this trickle down throughout an organization right now obviously the bigger the organization that the, the less of straight line that is but the culture you will have at the top will trickle down, okay? If you're behaving in kind of underhanded ways, if you're being exploited, if you're being unavailable, if you're um, being kind of aloof and uncaring, you'll see that reflected throughout your organization, right? And this is the responsibility. And when you have a dynamic like that that's been established, it's very, very difficult to challenge that because what's going on is that people have kind of, You've lost the dressing room. People have tuned out, right? And there's definitely ways to right the ship, but we do that through influencing, right? And the first part of that is we find out what's going on. Who am I dealing with, right? There's so many ways now to build connections with people. And as an organization that has a great passion for um, digital commerce, right? 
for ways of doing business online and it's something that we're very much involved in and very passionate about i firmly believe that when it boil when you boil it down to it people do business with other people right this is so key right even on bigger deals you will have to have people in a room to make a decision when i work with enterprise teams large account teams Again, there's a decision maker behind maybe two or three people that you're speaking to. And this is the enterprise team, the enterprise agent's challenge is to get in front of that decision maker, to try and incorporate them into the sales process, right? So as they can make their decision to kind of um, whittle down that chain of command, right? To see if we can compact it a little bit so you can influence the right people. Again, there's ways and means to do this and I don't have the time in a podcast to get into it, but... This is what we get into in our training, right? Another aspect of this, and it's it's something that I, I don't see people doing really enough. I guess we live in a fast-paced culture, right? We're in a hurry now. We want to deliver. We want to get things done. Um, everybody's too busy and stretched too thin. In this sense, finding out about the potential client, finding out about the customer, spending the time doing your due diligence or, or kind of mining them and researching them, tends to get overlooked right why is this you know what are what are we missing why are we not going and looking at even bringing up someone's linkedin profile where have they worked previously who do they know that i know what has this company been involved in have they been in the media who are their main clients what aspect of their clients do they facilitate um you know their their various vendors Different things like this really, really help because what you're doing is you're you're showing an organization that you understand them, right? Or you're trying to expand that understanding by zoning in on particular aspects of what their challenges are, right? And then finding out how your product or your service can satisfy that, okay? There's a kind of an order-taking mentality in one sense to profiling now when a com- an organization rings when so- let's say a client rings you up and says i want x y and z thanks very much and you you click confirm and it's done that's not a sale right that's you taking an order right if you've spent the time when they ring you up and say okay you want this this and this how is that going to facilitate you what does that do Okay, is there any way we can enhance that? Uh, is this definitely tailored for you? Some people have assumptions about services. They have assumptions about b- different products. We need to make sure that we're all on the same page with this, right? And this is what sales comes in, right? You kind of almost bleed into the customer service area, right? Again, there's a bit of a crossover with the two of those, okay? We need to consider the client. We need to spend time on them. We need to understand this, right? Again, the challenge can often be that the client may not have the time to discuss things with you, right? You have to pitch that to them. Why is it worth their while? This comes back to our bottom line, return on investment, okay? We're investing in you because of this. What are we getting back in return, okay? So we use a lot of kind of real world stories, things that kind of... um demonstrate human bias um i try to keep those as exciting and engaging as possible it's something i'm really fascinated with right how we perceive the world through our own lenses right and again how our biases can be just so ubiquitous they're everywhere right we're we're biased in so many different facets of our lives and and we don't often realize this okay 
Having a look at this, we move on to kind of features and benefits, okay? There's a difference between a feature and a benefit, right? A feature is the aspect of the product, right? This is the technical spec of it. This is the duration of, let's say, the service. This is what the service covers. The benefit is how that service will impact on you, right? There's a real distinction. This is what it does. Here's how what it does impacts on you, on your bottom line, on your productivity, there's a myriad of other kind of benefits. But in one sense, Helen always calls it the difference between the sizzle and the sausage, right? The sausage is the feature, the sizzle is the benefit. You sell the sizzle, right? That's the thing that glows. That's the thing you need to synthesize, right? That's the kind of the image, the vision, right? Here's why, okay? It does all of this and here's what this translates into, right? spending a bit of time with that is really worth your while okay i find that's something that people sometimes find difficult to grasp okay so like for example in, in the old days i would have trained people in kind of upc i think it's virgin media now but they had the best broadband in the country right the the broadband speeds and you can give them all this spec it's it's this 30 gig broadband or 40 gig or whatever it was at the time right now some people don't have a clue what you're talking about when you say 30 gig or 40 gig but if you translate that into something else, right? Let's say you go on to iTunes or, or, or if you're a gamer and you want to download the latest update to Call of Duty, it's going to be able to do it in a matter of hours, right? As opposed to a matter of days. So again, we're translating that over it. How do we sell it, right? It's going to be help you to download things much quicker. You're going to have a more enjoyable engagement with your internet and the content that you consume through that, right? So that that's that's just a little bit of example about this. Again, this leads us into kind of overcoming objections, right? When you're overcoming objections, this is, I suppose, where you do your work. This is where we want that little bit of push, you know, that little bit of brazen. You're not afraid to kind of, I suppose, stretch yourself a little, right? To, to kind of move things forward a little bit more. I don't want to kind of avail of this, right? Okay. Is there a particular reason why, right? Now, some people get a little bit annoyed when you do this and you have to be equipped, right, to manage that, right? Here's why we don't want to do it yet. Okay, is there anything I could facilitate around you? Sometimes when you probe those objections, what you'll find out is that they have a misconception of what it is you're offering, okay? They'll say, oh, I don't want it because of this. And that because is actually wrong-headed, right? That's actually not what this does, right? We can really address that. We can speak straight to that. If someone gives you an objection, you have an opportunity to profile the objection, to understand it better, to get down into it, to see if there's a resolution, to see if there's a way forward. This is something I find a lot in coaching. Again, with coaching, there's a real necessity to kind of influence people. If somebody is... um reluctant to address something or reluctant to push and I see that every day of my professional life when I work with people people resist change right people are nervous about what they don't know they're nervous about change generally right what's going on for them there what's happening right why are we putting up this defense what's 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 the significance of this and this is something I probe with people often and when we get down into the kind of weeds of it, we we sometimes find some very fundamental message the person is giving themselves or that the person is receiving from other people, right? Uh, perhaps not always correctly, 
right now again that's the crossover into sales right um why are we hesitant here and what's going on and can we explore this further right again closing there's no point in doing any of it if we're not closing right um <laughs> that was that old-fashioned abc always be closing if you've ever have the time check out alec baldwin and glenn gary glenn ross it's perhaps his finest hour um alec baldwin i guess he's kind of a version of a trainer he's this hot shot sales guy who basically comes in and verbally abuses a group of salespeople and speaks appalling to appallingly to them those guys exist and they certainly existed back in the 1980s or 90s when that film first came out it's disgusting but in that particular um demonstration it's 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 extremely entertaining right if you're not offended by any of the words he's using um but that old school macho aggressive i'm this i'm that i i I definitely see an element of that within sales right there there's a reason salespeople are paid quite a lot of money right they're generating revenue which is fundamental to every business right they're getting out there and they're getting after it they're finding ways to bring business in okay it's kind of i sometimes equated to if you think of a striker like some superstar striker in the premiership everyone knows his job is to go and score goals right there there's four guys and and a back line and some of the midfield aware of this guy all the time where is he what's he doing how is he moving stay with him don't let him get any space and yet despite it all they make magic happen they drum something up okay if you think of it in this fashion right and again i suppose i'm not trying to um mythologize salespeople, but that starts with hunger right and it starts with a little bit of defiance and maybe even a little bit more than a little bit right a nice dose of defiance a bit of brazen right i don't care what the market says i don't care that you think this won't happen watch this okay and some of the people that i know in sales that i would be the closest to they 100 percent have that defiance right they are going to make it happen and maybe this is some part of where the hubris comes from okay um there's nothing wrong with hubris provided it affects your bottom line okay conviction right and belief this comes through a lot of this now some of that and and it's important to make this point some of that is window dressing some of these guys are posing and i've seen that not end well right but some people have done the posturing early on in their career and have come to believe in themselves on a very fundamental less level that it's become less flamboyant it's become more um i suppose operational they execute right again it's it's fascinating to me the sales psyche right the makeup of a salesperson i love working with sales teams because i always have to watch out of the corner of my eye when i'm working with a sales team what you get there's always that little bit of maybe chance in something the personalities they they can be very warm very engaging very vivacious and again there's 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 a there's a balance within this okay emotional intelligence so important with selling how you're reading signals how you're picking up on the person you're talking to their body language their tone of voice how do you communicate how how you know capable are you of being authentic with people right and not pretending to be authentic right being genuine 
here's the bottom line i think that goes an awful long way with people um that hunger that drive that exuberance right it's something that i've cultivated myself in my own working life okay and i know when people hear sales i, I worked with a team some years ago who were a customer service team who whose role had changed and they were moving into a sales role and there was complete contempt for the fact that they would now be salespeople. This was not my job. This is not what I signed up for. There was this real sense of being marched up, you know, across a gangplank. But when you work with them and when you look at it, your attitude to begin with is a very defensive one. You're putting all this energy into not going this way, right? Can we redirect that energy? Can we use your defiance? Can we utilize that in a different capacity? Can you defy your own defiance, right? Again, some people will, will get more um, heated around that. It's a longer conversation, okay? But I firmly believe, and I, I will have this argument with anyone, that selling is an art form, okay? I think selling is a skill. Yes, it's gotten some bad press in traditional media and, and I suppose mainstream culture, but you know influencers it's even you know i i use that example of we see these in kind of films like some glamorous cia operative right finagling their way into a particular scenario right getting around someone getting something done without the person realizing what's happening okay um there's a performance art in that okay um it's the same with, with any performer that you see right they're bringing you in they're luring you in, right? Um, a lot of the guys who go door to door selling, and, and that's a role where I, I really do have empathy for people doing it because I know it's a tough gig. I, I understand that. You're knocking on people's doors at home, getting them off the couch. They can sometimes be quite abusive. That can be a very difficult role to do. <clears throat> but there's people out there who have a way of disarming people at the door, right? It can be a tone of voice. It can be a, a body posture. They can be standing with their arms apart. They, they can engage them in some particular way and again i do see kind of younger candidates I, I had somebody on to me from vodafone recently company who i'm not a fan of and his way of trying to build that rapport was just that bit stilted right it, it was very contrived he was trying to be humorous i didn't fully have the confidence there wasn't the weight behind his voice and he was speaking to me now, they say that salespeople are the easiest people to sell with because we empathize a lot with salespeople. And I definitely did in this case, right? This guy was trying, right? He was putting effort in. He was, he was, he was pushing himself forward. And I think that's so profound. That's so valuable. I think we need people like that. But if I was coaching this guy, I would ask him, how can we make that a little bit more natural? How can, how can, how can your performance be less evident, right? How can it be more of you? okay how can you let your real self show okay and, and in what ways can you do that some people the funny thing doesn't really work for them as well as others right and recognizing that can be a real help you know you, you might get there but again it's cajoling it's how you're saying what you're saying how are you leading people with you i know some people who are masters at it absolute and, and watching them operate is it's a, it's a joy right and and any of the people listening you know who you are so Look, that's just a little synopsis of what we offer with our sales training program. 
we work across divisions we, we do work with individuals as well um it'd be that bit more expensive but i work with a lot of teams and what i'm doing too while i'm talking to you a bit theoretically there and i'm talking to you about structure and kind of a, a sales journey i do also work with teams on the application of this what's the nuance of the language that you're using right what about this product makes it so special what's the pitch what are the zingers okay the zinger is the short sentence that you're putting across that's impactful right the pitch so to speak we would develop that with teams and we would listen to them about their obstacles so it's not me standing up here and telling you this is how you need to do it and you're bad if you don't. I, I do very much want to engage with the teams I work with and find out where they were, are and what their challenges are and how we can kind of overcome them in partnership. And again, like with all of our work, we would liaise quite closely with um, managers of divisions and oversee what they're doing and how we can support them to go in the right direction, okay? What are the different things? What are the different ways we can help you um, with this? So... That's just a few minutes on our sales program. Get in touch. Let's have a conversation. What are you trying to do? What are your challenges? Maybe you have a younger team that needs a little bit more experience. Maybe you have an older team that's gotten a bit jaded, right? It's gotten a bit worn out. Selling takes a lot of energy, okay? People have to look after themselves in order to perform in this, okay? What's the narrative you're giving yourself around your selling? Are you going through a bad patch, okay? Remember, and I'll, I'll leave it with this, the most lucrative profession is as a salesperson during the recession those were the jobs that were advertised sales now those were not easy jobs to do during the recession right but if you can sell and you can develop your ability to sell which i fundamentally believe anyone can you will improve your prospects you will improve your working life you will improve how you influence people you will improve your commercial awareness and your knowledge of directing business forward and understanding what it takes to achieve the goals you've set for yourself and your team. Thanks for listening. Get in touch. Let's have a chat and let's affect your bottom line.